we can, we can give back to you. Lord, and we don't buy a favor. We don't pay for our sins when we give, Lord. We open the doors when we give. We come in line with your plan when we give. When we tithe and we offer, bring offerings, we come in line with your word. I want you to take that which you want to give the Lord in your hand. I want to pray over that with you. So the word of God says, That which you give, he will, it will be given back to you. Shaken, stirred, pressed down, made, made flat, compressed into your bosom, I will give, says the Lord. Father, thank you for your promises that are yea and amen in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can take up the offering. Thank you so much. So while they're taking up the offering... Um, we have or are busy, have been done this, done that. I know it sounds ridiculous. But we've decided to start telling the story of the congregation, of our church, of our little church um, on our YouTube channel. And I'm gonna, our first episode is out. It's very, very, very good. I think it's very good. It's done very Skulk, if you'd put it up there. I'm going to play you a snippet. It's a 30-second snippet of that. I'm going to play it for you. What I want you to do is watch the whole thing. We're going to send it out on the church's group, the link. Watch the whole thing. Number one, when you watch the whole thing, the algorithm says this thing is being watched. And it starts spreading it out. Like it. Comment on it. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Click the reminder bell on our YouTube channel. And then I want to ask you a big favor. Spread it. Spread it, spread it. Put it on your Facebook, put it on your WhatsApp, send it to everybody. We're going to have, we're looking at making an episode either every two weeks or every month to make an episode, tell the story. And what we're going to do is we're going to introduce some of the characters in church, our plans, where we come from, what we've, where we want to go. We're going to spread this as big and far and wide as possible. Okay. Because we want to reach a generation that is on YouTube. You know where your kids spend their time? YouTube, shorts, TikTok. So we've got all of that in place. So we're going to share it on all those platforms. Please, would you just champion with us this thing? All right. Just play no that really first thing. No, no, louder. Begin from vooraf. Give me a long bell. Behind church, so the struggles behind church. So my name is Wilco. I'm the pastor here at uh, Living Word Hibiscus. So we're on the south coast of KZN, South Africa. Well, I found that most people on YouTube, or most churches on YouTube, it's 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 all about the sermons, um, the messages, uh, training, whatever you want to call that. So we, we and no one is really telling the story behind. That's just an appetizer for you to go and watch it. Okay, we'll send it out. It's going live or premieres on YouTube from 11 today. So please go and sh share that. I'm very, very excited about it. And um, 
hopefully we can get some traction on our YouTube channel as well. We've got 223 subscribers on our YouTube channel. If everybody shares to everywhere they know, everybody they know and wherever and whatever, we can reach 1,000 very quickly. When you reach 1,000, it opens more doors um, and then it gets spread wider and wider and wider. Okay, will you do that? Can I ask you to do that? Is that okay? Fantastic. Praise the Lord. Okay, just give me some light again. Thank you, Scala. Thank you, Dean. All right, so we are busy um, working through Matthew. And last week we spoke about where John the Baptist got beheaded. And they went and told Jesus. And on his, Jesus then went towards the problem. Okay, now this section we're reading now is the pit stop towards there. Going towards that place. So listen to what it says. We're starting from Matthew 14, verse 13. And I did read it just now, so I'll read it again. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. When he heard that John the Baptist was beheaded. But when the multitudes heard that Jesus is now gone aside, they followed him on foot from the, the cities. And when Jesus went out, saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. I want you to see something here. The human mind, the human thinking says, send away. They've got need, send them away. They're hungry, send them away. So that they can sort for themselves. Jesus, on the other hand, says, no, we're not sending them away. I want you to know, it doesn't matter what your need is. Whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, health, your marriage, your finances, your kids, your grandmother. It it doesn't matter what your need is. Jesus will never send you away. Amen. He won't. He doesn't want to send you away. That's not his heart. He loves you. Send them away that they might go into the village and buy themselves. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we yeah, have only five loaves and two fishes. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish and looked up to heaven. He blessed and broke and gave his, the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Okay, so can we say there were 5,000 women as well? Right? We can see there could be more, but it could be, let's, let's say each man had his wife there. Can we, that's a logic thing. Each man had his wife there, more or less. And children, remember that they must have small families, eh? They had more small families in those days. Twelve, only, only 12, you know, six. <laughs> so we're looking at 20,000 people easily. But let's stick to the numbers that we have. We see 5,000 men besides women and children. You see, what I want to share with you this morning is that 
Jesus has more than enough for all of us. All of us. So we, we, we know the story a little bit better. We know that there was a small a young boy with the five loaves and two fishes. Okay? So the boy gave it to the disciples. Ruben, come here. Come here. Okay? Keep that, grab that tin over there. Grab that tin. Come here. Stand here. Stand there. Stand there. Okay, come stand here, Matthew, Matthew the disciple. Can you see this is Matthew the disciple? So the boy gives to Matthew, Matthew the disciple, one. Matthew gives to Jesus, two. It's still not enough. I want you to see that Jesus knows the heart of the Father. He says, Father, thank you for your blessing. Three. Jesus gives to the disciples, back to Matthew, four. And Matthew, they start handing out. Five times it changes hand. Thank you, guys can go sit. So what I want you to see is that when we give, you might not see the multiplication when you give. But there is somewhere along the line, God does something miraculous when we start giving. Giving of your love. Giving of your time giving of your energy, giving your skill set. God can do something with that. See, the Word of God says God directs our steps, not our standing still, not our sitting, not our lying down. He directs our steps. What steps are you taking for the kingdom? You see, you, but I don't know. Maybe I mustn't get involved with the children's church because it's, it's not really my thing, you know. It's not really my thing. So I'm, now I'm doing nothing. I'm doing nothing. God can't direct me. He can't, he can't direct me in any direction because I'm doing, I'm not moving. I'm stagnant. So the minute I start moving, I, I get involved in the children's church. Just an example. Now I'm, I've taken a step. While I'm there, I realize Children's church is not really my thing. It's not. I realize that. But in that process, I realize I like music. I actually, you know, when I sing with the kids, I like the singing part. And now, now God is directing me because he's, my heart is in a certain direction. But I don't like singing to the adults. Oh, but I'm standing, I like it when I sing in front of the children. And suddenly God reveals to us our heart and our passion to us. When we start moving, when we start doing something for the kingdom. Does it make sense? But if I'm standing still, Lord, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. I'm waiting on the Lord. I am waiting on the Lord to show me. I've been fasting and praying. I'm asking the Lord to show me. He doesn't move us when we stand still. He directs our steps, our actions. He directs that. And sometimes He directs us to places where we don't necessarily thought we would want to go. So I want to just speak from the heart here. Six months ago, the Lord said to me, I want you 
to hold an outreach to Louisiana. And I'm like, mm, Lord, really? <laughs> no, I don't think that's a good idea. I did what every good Christian did. I said, Satan, get behind me. <laughs> but the Lord keeps on coming to me. He said, listen, I want you to hold an outreach to, in Louisiana. And then I got the hold of the Jesus movie. And I downloaded the Jesus movie in Isizulu. It is, it's, it's, it's so awesome for me because it's these beautiful graphics of you know, space and the earth ball. And there comes the narrator voice. Umkulu kulu. <laughs> and for, for, for in my mind, you know, the rural people and the, and the technology, it just doesn't gel. So it's very funny. But I've spoken to Kit and um, Mike, and we're going to get the schools, rugby field there. And we're going to look doing that in other than the next month or two. We're going to have an outreach on a Friday night where we're going to show them the Jesus movie in Zulu. And we're going to present the gospel to people. Is that now my plan? Good idea? No. No. It's, it's. But God directs steps. He directs steps. Because God wants the church to get outside of the walls of this building. He wants us to be out there. You see, he wants us to start a prayer group at work. Did you know that? He wants you to start a little Bible study in lunchtime on a Wednesday. And he wants you to walk on that water, take a step out because it's scary. He wants you to bring your staff together on, on, once a week at least and open the Bible and read and pray for them. You see, because when we become so absorbed with what we can get, if that little boy kept his five loaves and, and two fishes for himself, those thousands of people could never be fed. If he said, this is for me, it's enough for me, I am okay. Those people will never be fed. If he gave it to the disciples and the disciples said, well, we're 12 here. Plus Jesus 13 and the boy 14. I think we each can have one scale and one, you know, a corsi. And we'll have enough food for us. You see, all the time, God wants to reach people. He wants to reach people. But, you know, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to have enough? I want you to see what the Lord does. I want you to see how God works. As they handed out five loaves and two fishes, to, to, and they took up 12 baskets full. Now, when you speak to a Jew, a Hebrew person, and you tell them two fish, five loaves, 12 baskets. Do you know what happens in his mind? Two tablets. Five laws each. For 12 tribes of Israel. That's what they see. They see that the word of God is enough for all the tribes of Israel. This is the beauty. The Bible says that when we get saved, when we become children of faith, that we get grafted in to Israel. We get grafted into one of those tribes. 
Some of those, the Levites, they were the priests. The Judah were the worshippers. Each one of those tribes had a gifting. If you look when they built the temple, that God gifted some of the tribes to be able to work with their hands. I wasn't in that tribe. <laughs> they, could, they could mold stuff from copper and plate, and they could make beautiful things from gold. And all they see is, yes, Jesus feeding. And there remains more than enough. Twelve baskets full of fragments. There's more than enough. You cannot outgive God. And I'm not saying outgive Him financially. That's not what I'm saying. You cannot outgive God in your life. You can't go too far in your pursuit of the Lord. You see, they came after Him, they left the cities. They left the cities and they went to a deserted place to find God, to find Jesus. They didn't, in the comfort of their homes, said, Jesus, I want you. They left their comfort zone. They went from the cities and they walked. This can be an hour's walk. It can be five hours' walk. A deserted place. Jesus wanted to be alone. But it moves him. You see, when we leave our comfort zone and we move towards God, it moves God's heart. It activates compassion for you and I. Now that's not a con there's, there's, there's always this thin line between having a consumer mentality when serving God. The what's in it for me. That's why when we worship, I don't like songs that doesn't worship the Lord. Do you understand that? There's a difference between the songs you listen in your car, the songs that you sing at home, and that which we do in church. Because when we, yeah, we worship the Lord, the focus must be on Him. We must seek Him. We must leave our comfort zone. Leave what's nice to us. We must seek Him. When we go to that place where we start seeking the Lord, it moves Him with compassion. Then he turns his face towards us. It's almost like playing catch with your child. You know, your child says, I'm going to catch you, daddy. I'm going to catch you, daddy. I'm going to catch you. And then you turn around and you catch him. And they giggle. Remember when you did that with your... They can't remember it, but we can. Little Benjamin is approaching that age now. You see, God the Father wants you. He has got a heart for you. He loves you. Now, you might not be in the place where you actually want to hear this. A lot of people are not in the place where they really want to hear the fact that God loves you and wants you. And they would come to church because their parents said they must come to church. Well, they come to church because, you know what, it's just a habitual thing coming to church. 
But there's no sincere seeking God. Because what am I going to get from it? What am I to gain? What is there for me? And that's, that's the fine line between serving God because of who He is and the consumer mentality. If you want to know when you are delusional or when you are deceived, is the better word, is when you serve God only for what you can get from Him. Then you are deceived for signs and miracles and wonders and some bucks and great opportunities and an easy life and open doors. That's when we are deceived. How do I serve God rightly? I serve Him for who He is. I serve Him for whom He is. He is the lover of my soul. He has already died for me. He has already paid the price. He has done everything. I serve Him and I worship Him because He is the Almighty God. There is no one like Him. No one can compare to Him. No one can parallel Him. He has got no rivals. He has defeated them all. There are no challenges to the throne. No one. He is the world champion. He's the champion of the universe. There is none that can compare to Him. God is so almighty powerful. When Lucifer was thrown from heaven, God didn't get up. He didn't even get up. He just looked at Michael, the archangel. And Michael, the archangel, took him by the scruff of the neck and threw him out of heaven. God is an almighty God. And there is no problem that you have, no condition that you have that can ever Compare to his majesty, his power, and his ability to do something about it. But sometimes we are so close to our problem that it's this big in our sight. We've got this huge thing right, and God's there, so distant, so small, because our problem is this big. But meantime, the problem, the Bible's not the problem, this is an example. The problem is, yeah. It looks big because it fills my vision. But when I put it in perspective, it is small. You see, if I put my problem between me and God, can you see me? No. I can't see God. If I keep on telling my problem, God about my problem, look how big my problem is, my situation, my sickness, my disease, my marriage, my children. I keep on telling the Lord, look at this, Lord, it's a mess, it's a mess, it's a mess. I cannot see how, but if I start putting it down and start saying, can you see how big my God is? Can you see that he is the one that told the ocean you can come up to here and no further? He put the sun in place, the moon in place, the stars in place, and he spinned the earth. Go, boys. Put into motion. And then the evolutionists come and they say, no, it's a Big Bang Theory. All right, so if there was a Big Bang Theory and it exploded, everything would turn in the same way. Okay? There are planets that turn anti-clockwise. <laughs> so it cannot be. It has to be the hand of God. When we start seeing it, we start seeing who taught the eagle to fly. 
Who told the day where it stops and the night where it starts? And the seasons where it stops. And the se- It's our big God. Because we have to leave the comfort of our couch, the comfort of, of our bed, and run to Him. Go to Him. Seek Him. He has more than enough for you. And you, can, you cannot outgive Him with your life. You can give your whole life to Him. There will be remains, 12 baskets full. There will be more than enough. His love, His word, His caring is more than enough. And that's when, when you, you start thinking like David. I just love that. David comes in and he celebrates the presence of God with dancing. Because the Ark of the Covenant, that was representing the presence of God. So much so, when the Philistines had this Ark in their little temple thingy with all their statues of false gods, when they come there in the morning, there lays Magog on its head. M-A-G-O-G, on its head. And they put it up because maybe somebody bumped it over. Next day, same thing. And because of the sin that was in that place, the people started getting tumors, brain tumors. You can go read it in the Bible. And then David said, we're going to go get it. They said, come and get this thing. We don't want it yet anymore. And they went and fetched the ark, the presence of God. And they were walking with this thing. And then the cow stumbled. Some guy pushed his hand out against the ark because he thought he can serve God his way. You cannot serve God the way you want to serve God. When he put his hand to save that ark, boom, do it. He died right there. Right there by Obed Edom. So they pulled the ark into Obed Edom's house. David's upset. He says, Lord, I'm seeking your presence. You can't seek my presence the way you want to. You have to seek my presence in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. So David went and he go rent and read up. How do I get the ark of God? How must I carry? Oh, the Levites need to carry it. The priests need to carry it. You are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. You can carry the presence of God. Hello? And when they came back into Jerusalem with this ark, David started dancing. He started celebrating the presence of God. Like this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, no. He danced so much that his dress went over his head. And you could see his G-string. And his wife. His wife that he killed for. The woman that he killed for. Looked at him in disdain. You're a disgrace. What does David say? I will become even more undignified than this. Because when I celebrate my father's presence, something happens in me. There's a life that starts flowing from me. There's an energy that wakes me up. His word is life-giving, energizing, and vitalizing. He will not disappoint. He will not leave you empty. He will not drop you. He will not tire you. He will build you up. He will excel you. He will live through you. And living waters will flow out of you. 
He brings life. He is a life-giving spirit. You want to have some life? You want to have, see a smile on your dial? You want to get rid of your heavy, spirit of heaviness? Put on a garment of praise. Start praising the Lord. Start seeking Him in truth and in spirit. Not for what you can get from Him, but for who He is. He deserves the glory and the honor and the praise and the power forever and ever. Him alone. He alone can open the seals. He alone can receive the honor and the praises. Him alone. You start approaching God like that. See, these people went and seeked the Lord in a deserted place. And God had a compassion on them. And He addressed their needs. And some of us, our hearts might be closed. And we might have been hurt. Or we might have heard different things about the Lord. Or we might have experienced something. And then had the father of lies tell us something. That is not the truth. You see, I was listening to this testimony about this young pastor, and they had an outreach in a certain town. They had a whole drama. Everything was geared, and there were a lot, a lot of people, and they were up last, and they did their piece, their drama piece, and there's thousands of people in L.A., okay? And while they were busy, and, and he's got an altar call at the end, so he's going to take his mic, and he is going to do an altar call. And after the show, he takes the mic and he starts speaking. This mic, everything just worked now. It worked now. And he spoke, and by the third word, the mic stopped working. So he looks at this, the, the, and they bring him another mic, and the mic doesn't work. He looks at the sound guy at the back, and what sound guys do? They're trying to solve a problem. Heads down. Nothing happens. And this guy is so upset. He's, Lord, we've been praying for so long. We've been working so long. We've written this. We've played. Now, now that we're at the crisp of this thing, where it has to happen, now everything fails. And he's angry. And they've been giving out hot dogs. And he felt, well, I'm hungry now, but I don't feel like a hot dog. And he looks across and he sees a McDonald's. And he goes to the McDonald's. He gets himself... A Big Mac, extra large fries, and a Diet Coke. But as he walks into McDonald's, he steps on something. And there's a guy that screams. He says, hey, my name's Cardboard. <laughs> and he's like, sorry, dude. He didn't even saw that. There's a guy lying underneath the cardboard, underneath the blanket, right there by the door. So he goes and gets the food, and he comes out. And about five meters later, the Lord tells him, go give the food to cardboard. He said, no, nah, it's not the Lord. It's my McDonald's. I'm not. And when he got to where they were, the, you see, when God speaks, the intensity always increases until we're obedient. So he turns around and he goes there and he taps him on the shoulder and says, hey, cardboard, how are you? Listen, I just want to give you this Big Mac and fries and uh, Diet Coke. It's yours. And the guy, he gives it and he walks away. As he walks away, he hears this guy starting to weep. Like uncontrollably weep. Controllably weep. So he goes back to him. He says, he says what's going on, man? And he says, it's you. You're the guy from the stage. He says, yeah. He says, what's going on? He says, man, when you started this morning and you started that play, a voice in my head said, God doesn't love me. I must go jump off that building. 
when I got to the top of the building, when you start speaking, the voice said to me, I must jump off and kill myself. So when you started speaking, the mic didn't work. So I didn't know what to do. So I sat down. And I said to the Lord, if you love me, you make that man bring me a Big Mac, extra large fries, and a Coke. Amen. There's that guy and he says, and I thought God's missing it. I thought God doesn't know what he's doing. He made a mic stop working. A whole sound system just so that one guy wouldn't jump and embarrass him as the speaker. And then he gets that guy saved. You see, did he plan to go and buy, and the, this cardboard's real name is Samuel. Did he plan to go buy Samuel a meal? No. But he was taking steps and worshiping God and presenting the gospel to people out there. See, God has more than enough. The 12 baskets is more than enough. You see, you and I, we need to say, Lord, there's a world out there that needs you. Sorry that I've been selfish. Sorry that I've been keeping you for myself. Sorry that I am too self-conscious to become more undignified and even embarrassed for your name's sake. Because standing on stage and a mic doesn't work is embarrassing. And as my time goes on and people walk out, that's embarrassing. It hurts. But there are people out there that need you and I to come with our five fish and two loaves, or vice versa. Always get confused. Okay? And God can reach them. God can feed them. Not just physical, but emotional and spiritual feeding. A place where they belong. Hey, I see you struggling. Come with me. Can I pray with you? You know that because you are a priest, a royal priesthood, you carry the presence of God. Amen. Just put your hand on your chest. I carry the presence of God. Good stuff. You see, you need to take that and give it away. Go to people. Go to the lost world. Pray for the, 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 the guy that does the petrol. Pray, pray for the, the, the lady that packs your bags. Pray for your boss. Just, just whatever. If somebody moans about a headache, can I pray for you? you know, it doesn't have to be eloquent. You don't have to have a degree in Christianese. Huh? How fathers in heaven. I cometh in the name of the Lord. To prayeth for my brother that that sweet thing might come upon him. La, 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 la. I'm telling you, heaven shuts closed when people pray like that. <laughs> Father, thank you for him. He's got a headache, Lord. In Jesus' name, we ask that you heal it. Amen. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. You see, you seek God. Receive his love. Receive his provision and start giving. And you will see what remains is more than enough. More than enough. Amen? Amen. All right.
Was ons met sikkel Therese? Kom raai, Chichi, jou toon. What you laughing at? It's my pants too. All right, so we've got a little gift for the for the moms. Okay, so what we're going to do is Rachel's just going to explain it, and then Andrew and Thomas they're going to stand out there by the door and hand it to the mothers. Rachel, come and explain to them what's happening. I'll hold the mic for you. Let me hold it. Now you can you've got both your hands. You unpack it, unpack it, unpack it, woman. She's rebellious. Eh? Unpack it. No, I'm not unpacking it. What? <laughs> you asked me to come back. Fine, do it. Do it your way. Just do it your way. <laughs> now, I just want to bless the moms today. Um, for me, um, for me to be a mom is such an honor. Um, it really, really is an honor to be a mom. I waited for um, such a long time. I was 40 years old when God blessed me with my miracle my miracle boy, Andrew, and he is an absolute miracle. Um, I'll tell you one day the whole story, all you ladies, but he is an absolute miracle. But although we are moms and we think we, um, we can do everything um, and we're strong and we still need a survival kit, don't we? As moms, we need a survival kit. So Wilka asked me what we're going to do to Mother's Day for Mother's Day. So Google is my best friend. So I went on Google and I found this mommy's survival kit. And I'll read it out to you. And you mommies will relate to it. Mommy's survival kit. Hearts because you are so loved. A balloon to celebrate the happy occasion. A candle because you will be a gentle guiding light. Marbles for when you feel you're losing yours. And I think we all feel like that, don't we? Googly eyes because you will need eyes in the back of your head. A notebook to record all the happy memories you make. A razor because all parents make mistakes. Definitely. <laughs> A tissue for all the tears of joy and laughter you will share. A rubber band for when you're stretched to your limits. And that's not just our children that stretch us to our limits. Yeah, with this time, you're supposed to stand here. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking one for the team now, am I? <laughs> A paper clip to help you keep it all together and a pen to make the future colorful and bright. So I just want to bless each mommy, each lady, because each lady is a mommy. Each lady is a mommy to to every to someone, to someone. I remember before I had Andrew, I was always called second mommy to my brother and sister. So you are a mommy to someone. So if, um, as you, are, the boy's going to hand out, I think they must hand out. They'll hand it out at the door. At the door. So okay. as you walk out, each lady, please take a mommy survival kit.
Good stuff. Give her a hand. Well done, Rach. Won't you stand with me? I want to bless you guys before we go have some cupcakes, stuff that muffins. I helped to make. I helped make. I did. I did. I did. I did. I promise. I did. Father, thank you so much for your presence, Lord. Thank you that we can just come to you and know that you love us. Lord, and serving you is more than enough for us. And that you have compassion on us. And I bless your children this morning with the knowledge that they can come to you as they are. I bless them, Lord, with the love of our Father. Poured out in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. And I bless them with the company, the fellowship, the closeness, the Paracletos, the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's go have some coffee. upon your name tonight lord the name that is above every name the name that's above every sickness above every circumstance we call upon your name jesus we worship you in this place mighty god